Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Well, friends, with Jesus and his friends, we enter in together to this night. This story as a people waiting in the growing shadows, we pull ourselves up to Jesus' table with dust-covered feet. From dust we have come, and to dust we will return, and to us the dust of life will cling. These dust-covered feet of ours have something to say. These dust-covered feet of ours have some, a story to bear witness to if you and I will all but listen. This dust is not from the doorpost of this room. It is from the road traveled to arrive. For most of us, the road was not the road we imagined. For many, it is not the road we would have chosen. Each of our feet ache from the weight of losing loved ones. Our feet ache with the weight of illness and suffering, of relationships and dreams and jobs that are no more. Our feet are exhausted and outraged at the reality of our nation and our world. Our feet bear witness like groans too deep for words, witness to the sufferings we have endured in a world waiting to be set right, of the sufferings we have inflicted. They bear witness to the suffering of those alongside us, to our friends, our fellow pilgrims, to God's beloved friends. These feet of ours bear witness to the stories we steward in our friendship and proximity and presence, stories of addiction, of mental health, of cancer wards, NICUs, funeral homes, of meandering wanderings, of burdens too heavy to bear. Our aching feet bear witness to our struggle to find solid ground on this walkabout that we call human life, to our own failings, to our own addictions, to our own struggles. These aching feet are vulnerable, uncovered and laid bare to our friends, and to our friend, who we also call Lord this night. It was supper time, John tells us. John goes on to describe a much different scene than probably most of us imagine on this night. Most of us, you know, probably the one common painting we've all seen is Rembrandt's account of the Last Supper. It's very majestic. And yet what John describes this night in this room is an utter mess. He tells us Jesus is agitated, even anxious. That Jesus' friends have argued on the way to the upper room about who is the greatest. Peter is sort of put to the kids' table. He has to ask his questions through John. The friend who will turn betrayer sits just a few feet away from Jesus. And this room, in this moment, is anything other than peaceful. And in this moment, in this anxiety, anxious-ridden moment, what does Jesus know? What does Jesus do? John tells us that too. Jesus knew the time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. And so he got up from the supper table, and what did he do? He told them everything would be okay. It's all going to work out in the end. Just hold on a little bit longer. No. He set aside his robe and he put on an apron. He poured water into a basin. He began to wash the feet 
of the disciples, drying them with his apron. Jesus stands, walks slowly away from the table, from the arguments, from the small talk, from the questions. Removing his outer robe, taking up an apron, a basin of water, he moves to each of his friends to wash their dust-covered feet. To us, too, this evening, he draws near. He draws near to the dust-covered stories, lives, and souls that is us. To the most vulnerable parts of us, to the places we desire to hide the most. Those places are the places he takes in his hand and washes. He touches tenderly. His feet are dust-covered. God has become human and kneels at the feet of his creation in order to touch and to wash, to say, I see, I know, I'm here, I share with you, I love you. A few moments later, this God become human will return to the table, will celebrate with his friends the first Eucharist meal, the meal we celebrate weekly, the meal that tells us the truth about reality as reality actually is and the truth about our future. A meal that is sheer grace. Not grace as we've often defined it, the sort of get out of hell free card, but grace, the kind invasion of God's life, the triune life into ours. A meal that is more than a memorial. It's more than a Christianized version of the Passover meal. It is a banquet of immortality. The love of God that brought Jesus through a womb and into the world. The love of God that healed the sick, proclaimed freedom to the captives. The love of God in every molecule of water washing away the love of God saturated dust. The love of God that took up bread and wine that night is the same love that overwhelms even now the gifts of bread and wine, of wafer and juice. This table, this meal, the events of this week are not one-off historical events. They are the culmination of reality. They are the culmination of creation itself. All things live and move and have their very being in the body and blood that washed feet, that took, that broke, that blessed, that gave. This love is the gravity of our lives. It is the love we bury ourselves under as we ache for the light that dawn brings. It is the love that we bury ourselves under as we struggle with dust-covered feet to remain hopeful. It is the love we bury ourselves under in the dark while we choose to look for the good. It is the love we bury ourselves under every time we come to this table. It is the love we encounter in the presence of Jesus at this table. It is the love that we encounter in all of our lives, every glimpse of beauty and of goodness and of truth in our lives, whether it be the face of our neighbor, the changing of seasons, the very breath we breathe brings us back to this. The liturgy of the Eucharist is best understood as a journey, a procession, a pilgrimage. It is a journey of the church, the community of God's friends. It's our journey, our weekly pilgrimage into the reality of the kingdom. We enter together 
actually enter. We don't pretend to enter. In faith, we enter into the actual presence of Christ, which gives us for just a moment a glimpse of reality as it actually is. Friends, I would argue that without this table, we can't truly see the dust, the pilgrimage, the stories as anything other than something to be escaped. No, this table tells us that the dust that covers our feet is sacred, it's holy. For we cannot be buried without dust. And if we cannot be buried without dust, it would make sense that there is no resurrection, there is no Easter, there is no life without dust. The dust on our feet, but the dust, the flesh and blood dust that is Christ our Lord. The one whom has come, the one whom has died, the one whom will come again. So therefore, I stand before you as a fellow dust-covered pilgrim to proclaim this night the good news that Christ has died, that Christ has risen, and that Christ will come again. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.